Coming live from Los Angeles, California, USA is our guest today morning and there 10.30 p.m. Uh, in the USA. Welcome to this very special edition of the KJ Masterclass Live, the show which ensures that you profit from your time spent here with experts either through their industry insights, information or simply learning from them. And before I move forward, may I request you to subscribe, follow, like and comment on whichever platform you are watching or listening to this show on. And today we have Morgana Ray, wealth and life coach, best-selling author, speaker, mentor, and men Morgana's fans call her the money goddess. She makes a lot of money for them. And what, what are you, Morgana? Well, firstly, welcome to the show. Welcome to India. Ah, uh, thank you. I, you don't know this, but uh, when I went to college, my major, my focus of study was religion. And in particular, it was Indian religion. So Shiva, Ganesh, Lakshmi, Durga, those, those were my favorite deities. So I love Indian culture and I've, I've been wanting to go there my whole life. And I will, I will. I have to get married there because you know that I think you know that I'm getting married a hundred times in a hundred countries. Absolutely. That was to be one of my questions, but, and we'll come to that. We'll come to that. You need to explain that. And that's a wonderful thought, you know, to the same person, but hundred times in hundred countries. Am I right? Yes. Yes. yes only, have... only one husband. Yes. <laughs> yes. So that, that's such a wonderful thought. And I'll certainly ask you about that. The Indians will love to know more about this. Now, you know, you, you, you will talk about how to make money fall in love with you. Are you what? Some Pied Piper of Hamelin? Uh, you know, uh, uh, something like a Pied Piper of Los Angeles, California, that you will bring, uh, bring all that money to the doorsteps of your clients. How do you do that? Why well, do they call you the money goddess? I believe that money is like a spiritual teacher that gets our attention very much like Lord Shiva gets your attention by dancing on your back until you let go of the illusions that cause suffering. Money does the same thing. It is a call to wake up. It's a pain door to address the real issues on the other side. Money is invented by human beings, but what money represents are very real universal human experiences of am I loved? Am I loved by the universe and others? Am I valued? Am I safe here? Am I powerful or not? Those are the four things that money measures. And so that's why we're so weird about money. And what I do is we go inside and we address those issues. And the outer result is my clients make a lot of money. Right now, two of my clients, my client Anna made $1.2 million dollars in four months after doing the work with me that I'm gonna share with you today. I have another client, we just found out on my last coaching conversation that she's going to be making an additional $1.5 million that she didn't know about. So, and it doesn't have to be those really big numbers. It's just that I've been doing this for 20 years and the more I do it, the better I get at it and the more big numbers show up. So. 20 years ago, people were making hundreds, then they were making thousands, then tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands. Now more and more people are making millions. It doesn't matter because the money is just sort of a very delicious side dish. 
what it really is about fundamentally is your relationship with life, your relationship with life and your relationship with self and the money follows that. Right. Uh, Morgana, now let's get now to understand human relationship with money and which you talk so much about, like, uh, as you said, our relationship with money mirrors our relationship with life. Why do you say that? Can you elaborate it for our audience? Well, first of all, money is the number one excuse we human beings give for everything we can't have, do, or be. It's like the mean parent who says, no, you can't have that. You can't do that. You aren't that. And so even though we want money, and we can do wonderful things with money and we need money. We also are really angry at money because it, it represents the limiter. It's almost like the goddess Kali, you know, who, who puts the, the, you know, the punctuation mark at the end of life. Money is the limitation. So she can be very, very scary. But this is what I love to do is I love to bring forth all the scariness all of the things that we're angry at money about. And then we go off the topic of money completely and we look at everything that money represents, anything that ever made you feel unloved or unlovable, anything that made you feel not valued or worthless, anything that made you feel unsafe or powerless, especially if it doesn't look like it has to do with money. And when you've almost like built this giant case against your own existence, everything that you don't want in your life experience, then we do something really weird. And we imagine that there is some awful entity, some demon person that is all bad, nothing good, who is responsible for all of that. And it's really important to, A, it's not you, and it's also not your parents. Here in the West, you know, sometimes parents do monstrous things. Even still, they gave us life. They are not all evil. That just doesn't exist. But in this monster that we're creating, this monster is all bad, nothing good, is all chaos, is all the demonic that we want to separate. And it's not you, not your parents, nobody in your life. But any any horrible experience you've had, we're going to claim that this imaginary monsters responsible for it. We are giving personhood to all the bad stuff and we're going to name it your relationship with money because anything that has ever made you feel unloved, unworthy, unsafe, or powerless is going to show up in money drama, whether you have nothing or whether you have billions because I've coached the extremes. I have coached billionaires who were anxious about losing what they have, were anxious about their children not living up to their potential. Billionaires and people without money are all human beings. We're all so much more alike than people give us credit for. So when you have your monster and you can feel everything that you don't want it to be near you, and by the way, I'm, I, I was my first client. This happened with me accidentally, and I should probably share that story, but I'm, I'm on a roll here. So step number one is you uncover the root cause of the money drama. It's never actually about money. It's about love. 
okay. worth, safety, keep it in screen, and power. Step number two is you give personhood to the root cause, and that's your money monster, and you want it to feel real, like you could smell the person, you could smell his breath, how big he is, how hot or cold he is, how he's dressed, what his hair looks like, his teeth, his eyes, his hands, his fingernails, the mean things that he says to you that maybe are the things that you've said to yourself because he whispered in your ear in your own voice just to make you feel bad. And this is the monster who gets between you and money. This is the reason you protect yourself from money. And you have good reasons. You're not a loser or a failure. You are actually, you love yourself and you're protecting yourself from the monster, but the monster will destroy you. So step number three is you must obliterate the monster. You must destroy it completely, leave no energetic bits. This is why I love the Hindu goddess Durga, because she slays the demons and the ignorance, and that's what you do here. And when it's gone, when it's completely gone, and you can feel nothing about it around you, it's going to feel different. For some people, it feels light and powerful and airy and wonderful. And for some people, it feels scary because it feels different and unfamiliar. Both are great. That just tells us that you did your job and you slayed the monster and it's gone. And that's when everything changes. Because when you have put everything that does not belong in your life, Every rejection, every hurt, every betrayal, everything you're ashamed of yourself, everything you see in the world that hurts, that hurts you, that, that you see others hurt and you feel the compassion, everything that's unfair, everything that's scary, you put that in the monster and you say, you do not get to exist in my life experience anymore. You reject it. You choose yourself. You slay the monster. And all that remains is love. And that is when you get to have a new relationship with money, which, by the way, is a new relationship with life. But I call it money because money is that area of life that needs our healing, our relationship with money as individuals and as a species. So... When the monster is gone, now we have a fun part. By the, by the way, I don't think the, you know, digging up all the things that made you feel unloved and unworthy, that's not to me the fun part. But it has a payoff. It's very, very important. You can't skip it. It's like a slingshot that creates the tension that will catapult you to where you want to be. I call this process alchemy. Because right. alchemy is the ancient, ancient science of transmuting lead like lead in human experience into gold, like spiritual and material gold. And that's what we're doing. The monster is the lead. And because the monster is necessary for this process, the monster itself is sacred. You cannot skip through the monster. He is the portal to the divine on the other side. So when the monster is gone, now you invite a new relationship. And this is going to be a person also. This is going to be a person worthy of your deepest love and admiration and affection. Think uh, Krishna and, and, uh, and Lakshmi. Do I have that correct? Okay. Right. Yeah, it's that divine lover who loves you 
chooses you out of everybody in the world. This is your new relationship with money and your new relationship with life. But we're going to call it money because money is that area that we struggle with the most. So it's going to feel like a person. It's not going to feel like money. It's not going to feel like cash. It's not going to be, what have you done for me lately? That's not, this is love. Oh my God, you're so beautiful. You're so divine. I feel your radiance. And I see my own divinity and my own beauty and my own worthiness through your eyes. That's step four, when you meet the money honey. That's who I call this, the money honey. Emphasis on honey. Now, because this person loves you and chooses you, this person wants to be with you. And because you have the body, you have the power in the relationship. You've been pushing this person away for a very, very long time, treating him or her or them like a monster. And that's broken this person's heart. Not because you're bad, but because you were fooled by illusion. So... Now you, this person, your money, honey, has personhood who wants to be with you. And if you're like me, I had no idea how to let money be with me the way my money wanted to be with me. I was so good at pushing it away unconsciously while working so hard for it. So when I saw this beautiful, divine young man and how much he loved me and wanted to be with me and how I'd been breaking his heart, I asked him this very specific question. What do you need from me to allow you to stay with me the way you want to stay with me? And when I asked him that question, I got a response. And that's why it's so important to make this a person who feels real and feels lovable, who you want to be with, who's safe, who wants to be with you. And when I asked that question the first time, the answer I got was, I just need you to love me. And please stop treating me like a monster. And I felt the vulnerability of that. And I didn't want to treat him like, I didn't want to hurt his feelings. So what would that look like to stop treating him like a monster? And we had a conversation and I just, he pointed to all the times people wanted to hire me and they would ask me what I charged. And back in those days, and I didn't know I was doing it, but they would ask me what I charged and I would almost choke on shame and embarrassment and humiliation that I was asking for money to help somebody. I didn't want to take their money. I didn't want to hurt them. It's just so much easier to give and help. But as soon as money came along, that was when all of my issues of am I lovable, am I worthy, is it safe? Will I be rejected? Will I be a bad person? When they rejected me, I felt rejected and, and, and powerless and angry and frightened like I wouldn't be able to survive in the world. So I was pushing him away. It was like he, when he would bring me a client, he was bringing me a gift of love and I was rejecting it as like, ew, you know, and that would break his heart. So I made a commitment to him right then and there. That next time he brought me a gift, which usually would look like a client, I would say, thank you. I would say, thank you with love and appreciation. And the next day, four people showed up and hired me for double what I'd ever charged in my life. And I have made millions of dollars since then. 
And I've coached thousands and thousands of clients who have made many tens of millions of dollars over the years. And honestly, I didn't know how to coach other people through the process right away. I suddenly had all these clients and more kept coming and more kept coming. And I wasn't marketing money at all. That wasn't my niche. But because my clients were human, money stuff came up and I would try to do on them what happened for me. And in the very beginning, it didn't work because there were some pieces I was leaving out. And those are the pieces that I include now, which is why people get better results now. And the first one is it's never really about the money. Honestly, I think all money issues are love issues if we dig deep enough. Often they start with parents. Anything that our parents as human beings may have done or said or didn't do or didn't say that we interpreted as we are not loved or lovable, we are not valued or valuable, we're not safe, and we don't have power. Any of that got tucked away because our parents were our first experience of money because they fed us and they housed us and they told us what we could have and couldn't have just like money does later. And if you had fantastic parents, then maybe you weren't prepared for what happened when you left your parents' house and other people who hurt your feelings or rejected you or betrayed you. But every one of those betrayals that made you feel unsafe and loved unworthy, they just started to build this unconscious relationship with life is not safe and loving. The universe does not love me or protect me. And then money. Money is not safe or protective or fair and I'm not loved or wanted. And that shows up in money pain. So I have a lot of friends who teach the law of attraction. I'm friends with half of the people in the movie, The Secret. I know their personal lives. I adore them. The law of attraction didn't work on me or for me or through me. I had to go this other way. It circles back, but I don't believe that when bad things happen, I don't believe in blaming the person who's going through a bad time. Sometimes, sometimes painful things happen and they're a doorway. And pardon me if this is disrespectful, but I think I told you that back in college, I earned my degree in religion and I loved Indian religion. And I remember this story about Lord Shiva. So I'm going to share it. I'm not going to know it as well as you. But based on my memory way back, this was my interpretation of this story. And so Lord Shiva uh, had a, there was a group of Saudis in a forest who loved Lord Shiva and they sang to him and they prayed to him and they did all the rituals for him for years and years and years. And they did it so well that it really made him happy and he wanted to reward them. So he came down to earth in human form, but as a joke, he came as this misshapen, malformed, rude, naked man singing dirty songs. 
And these people who loved Lord Shiva saw him and they didn't recognize him. And they were offended and they said, you are, you are an offense to the Vedas and they cursed him and, they, and, and in their curse, his linga flew off and went traveling through the three worlds and was causing all sorts of chaos and catastrophe because they didn't recognize what they wanted right in front of them because it didn't look the way they expected. They didn't recognize God comes in strange and unfamiliar aspects. Divine gifts come in ways that frighten us or we don't recognize right away. And so they prayed to Brahma and he went to Parvati. Parvati wooed this crazy flying disembodied lingam and, and soothed him and they reunited and the world like was saved through the power of love and the lover's embrace. And for me, the, the moral of that story was always that we don't recognize God when God is in front of us. So God doesn't always feel good. Life doesn't always feel good. Sometimes we really, 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 truly are victimized and it's not our fault. It isn't that we had negative thoughts or low vibrations. The trick is what do we do with it? What do we do with our worst experience? How can we transmute it? And the first most important thing we can do is to really honor how terrible it is. Not smooth it over, not blame ourselves, not make it smaller than it is, actually make it bigger. Really, really honor that this terrible thing happened and shouldn't have happened and it was painful and it wounded you and it wounds others and make that your monster and reject the monster. Be that sacred warrior in your imagination, destroy it. And what happens when you destroy it and you create this empty space for just love and you have this partner who sees you as your best, truest self without all your neuroses and all your wounds and hangups and insecurities, which are part of the human experience and they come and go, but sees who you really are. You see that you are so much more powerful and creative and resourceful and whole than you thought you were because you're looking through the eyes of the divine, the love, the money, honey, at yourself. And then when the two of you sit like a couple, sit like a happily married couple, maybe on the couch and you're looking at all these crazy dramatic circumstances that used to terrify you and you look at them together like a couple, they already look and feel different. You and your money, honey, can see opportunities or alternatives or interpretations that you didn't see before and you respond differently. And the world responds differently to you. And then down the road, maybe you get knocked down by some surprise or disappointment again. Reconnect. Reconnect with your money, honey. Even, even if you need to slay another monster to get there, that's not a failure. That just means that you're evolving. So your money, honey is evolving. And the way to do that is to slay a new monster. And your money, honey, on the other side will be even better even more powerful, even more intimate, just like you. So in answer to your question, how to make money fall in love with you, money, life, 
God, the universe, already loves you. And you have to make room. You have to get rid of the monster because the monster illusion, suffering, all of that will get in the way of your experience of being loved and of being expansive and bountiful and resourceful and brilliant. And that's when strange things happen, when you make it safe. This is a really, really, really big point. Okay. Change happens at the speed of safety. If you are the kind of person because that's the kind of person I talk to because you're me and I'm you. If you're the kind of person who does everything you're supposed to do and you work hard and you keep trying and you keep failing and it doesn't make sense. Maybe you take another class and you do what they tell you to do or you find out you're already doing it and it still doesn't work. By the way, this isn't just true with money. This is also true with love. That's how I manifested my husband or health or whatever it is. If you find there's something in your life that you've just been pursuing and pursuing and pursuing, and you are not getting the results that you should be getting, the results you desire and deserve, and you're doing everything you're supposed to be doing, and it just doesn't matter. Here's what I've learned. You have not failed. You're not a loser. I'm gonna circle back to something I said much earlier. You are protecting yourself from something dangerous and painful because deep down you love yourself and everything in you is like part of the system to protect yourself. So you may be protecting yourself from money. I did. You may be protecting yourself from love. I certainly did. I did not meet my husband until I was 45. You are protecting yourself from a hidden monster that you didn't know you had, that probably isn't rooted in what you thought it was, because now we know it's always about love, worth, safety, and power. So when you find yourself in that situation, your job is to uncover the threat, find out what it is, dig into all those things that don't look like they have anything to do with money or love or whatever, just all the pain, look for it. It will relate, I promise you, because everything gets related in your subconscious and you make it visible and you destroy it and you invite in the opposite, which is love, and then it becomes safe. And the really interesting thing that only occurred to me recently is all those years that you were putting forth the effort in your business or for money or to find your happy relationship, life partner, whatever, None of that was wasted. It's almost like it was building up and building up and building up, but you had this fortress around yourself. So when it becomes safe, it is not unusual for really big and wonderful things to come in quickly because it's been building up all that time. That's why I see the big money manifestation overnight, sometimes within minutes. My story with my husband, I have been looking for my person. I grew up on Disney princess movies. I was looking for my person since I chased Brian Patterson under the piano on his fifth birthday. And he was the older man. I was four and a half and I was, you know, I was chasing my prince even then. 
and getting brokenhearted and rejected year after year after year, decade after decade after decade, until finally in 2012, it occurred to me that here I've been teaching all this about change happens at the speed of safety with money. And I had that annoying voice in the back of my head saying, you know, that sounds like your love life. And I was like, shut up. And I would hear it again. And I finally dug up all the reasons. I, yeah, I just, I dug up a love monster. Every time, every instance, love had broken my heart. And I had such a giant love monster. It was like bigger than the earth and very, very hard to destroy. But I did. And I met my husband two months later. And my bucket list at that time in my life was I have done everything I want to do. I have the business I love. I'm making the money that I want to make. I'm having the impact I want to make. There's really nothing except my life partner. I want to be happily married. And that was it. And a year and a half after we met, he proposed marriage. He was in South Africa. I was in Bali finishing my money goddess retreat there, which of course ends with the goddess Lakshmi, who else? And he proposed and I came back and then I picked him up from the airport and we eloped and there was no wedding crowd. And I was like, done, I'm married, win, right? And I was happy with that. I didn't want all the bother. But then we went on a trip to Mexico two weeks later and we were walking by a local cathedral and he invited me to marry him again. By and the way, a New Mexico trip is coming up yours. Yes, um, yes. Oh, I have my money goddess trip. By the way, that's yeah. where Anna made the $1.2 million four months later. Sandra, who went in 2019, looks like she's going to be making three and a half million years, three and a half million dollars this year. Perry made over $12 million within three years and she started at zero. And this is the thing I forget. I forget that they started at zero or negative large amounts of money. It really is such an inner shift first. So I, I do these retreats with, you know, maybe four to six women so that I can coach every woman individually. And we used to do it in Bali. Right now we're doing it in Mexico. Cannot wait to go back to Bali, but that'll probably be 2024, 25 or something. Love, I love the whole culture. It's Hindu, you know? So, okay. So where was I? I oh. Mexico, Mexico, earlier time. Oh, yes, yes, getting married. So, yes. so he, on a lark, said, hey, want to get married again? We're like, sweaty and dirty and wearing flip-flops and and I say of course so we walked into this cathedral to the front took up our rings exchanged wedding vows again and it landed so much deeper the second time I had no idea I it was like I could hear it this time the first time I was so freaked out about what does it mean to be married how do I be a good wife what's going to happen is this going to ruin the relationship that it was like I couldn't really take it in, but we made up new vows and this time I could breathe and I could feel the love. And he saw how deeply it affected me that he then immediately proposed, let's get married a hundred times in a hundred countries. And the reason I share that on a podcast about money is because I told you I have this theory after, after coaching thousands of people for decades, 
like a few weeks ago, it occurred to me, maybe all those years that we were not getting what we were pursuing because we had our walls up, maybe all this stuff was like building up. And that's why it comes bigger. So I was looking to get married once, but instead I'm getting married a hundred times because of all those decades that I was begging, begging, begging the universe for love. And I was actually specifically asking to travel the world with the love of my life. So I am. So you have already completed what? 25 countries, 25 times? 26. We, we added Costa Rica in March. Do add India sometime, anybody. Can. Oh, that's the closest to my heart. That is the closest to my heart. Yes, you'll, you'll perhaps get to understand. You already love uh, uh, India so much. You know about it. You talked about the gods and goddesses. You talked about, you know, examples. And so you'll get to understand a bit more. India is not in what you call in just a few things. It's it, you'll find India in itself. It's not, a uh, you know, uh, the it's reason a real the reason I haven't been there yet is because you can't go there casually, you know, it's, it's so big and there's so much there that, and it's so far that like going there, it's a commitment because I really, really want to experience it. So yes. I have to yes. figure that out. Yes. Yes. Margana, you, you, you talk so well about money, how people can attract, you know, money and money can be a part of your life. Uh, what are you going to tell me? You understand about destiny, about spirituality, about gods and goddesses. You have talked and advised so many clients. Have you ever felt that some people are destined to struggle with money? Because some people start thinking. Here's, here's what I have seen. Um, some people are just born in a situation where that will not be their visible challenge. And some people through heredity or actions or attitudes have a much, much more difficult beginning. And I know that you and I, I assume your audience very, very familiar with the whole idea of karma. And I think that informs, you know, just how I That's, see everything. Yes. Right. Yes. So, People who actually come to me who are in that heightened state of pain and loss and anxiety actually have a huge advantage on this process. Somebody who's just like, well, you know, I like money. We have a pretty good relationship. It could be better. That's a lot harder because there's no leverage. There isn't that like slingshot tension. So I do think that the universe gets our attention primarily through three teachers money, love, and health. And some people may never have the money teacher their whole life, and that, but they will get it somewhere else. So we all get it. All those teachers are leading to one room. They're just like different doors to one room, which is the school of life, our relationship with ourself and existence. So the person who is starting out with the money trauma has an advantage because it's the one that gets your attention the most urgently and the quickest. We can live a very long time 
as a single person, I lived 47 years before I got married. We can live a very long time with high cholesterol or, you know, minor ailments. When they get painful, then they really demand our attention. But you can't go very long at all without any money. It is screaming in your face for your attention. So in that way, it's actually a blessing because it demands your evolution the fastest and the most immediately. And I have had so many clients because I've been doing this so long and I've grown and I've learned where I meet clients and their circumstances are so dire and dramatic that I'm like, <gasps> on the other side of the phone. And, oh my God, I've seen them turn it around like you wouldn't believe. So I've seen people at the abyss come out dramatically, which gives me so much hope. You know, it's like, every client breakthrough and even people who aren't my clients yet people who watch a podcast i have one client she's a client now that so she bought my book financial alchemy that's what it looks like you can find it on amazon right with right. me back when i had brown hair back in the day when i met my husband uh, she that's that's the picture on your website also yes yeah i used to look like that <laughs> but uh she bought my book and it's half book and it's half journal where you just write in it daily and, and just, you know, just a little bit. And it was my own system that I developed for myself for manifestation day to day to day to day. It's one thing to change your relationship with money, but how do you stay in communication with money day after day after day when money doesn't have a human body? And you need to stay in relationship. You can't take it for granted. He'll, you'll hurt his feelings and he'll feel unwanted and he'll go away and then you'll freak out and slay a new monster and bring him back in. <laughs> but you don't have to do that. So I just did my book. So my client, Pam, who lives in Florida on the other side of the country, bought my book, did it on her own, and she had her first quarter of a million dollar sales month before she ever hired me. So... Oh my gosh, now I just lost the tra trail of thought why I brought up the book. Um, I do that. I tell stories for a reason and then I forget the reason. It's, it, it's, it's okay. No problem. It's okay. Let me very I'm not scripted. That's the problem. <laughs> it is, it is, it is in fact best. That's why you 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 should not be scripted at all. Means that's the proof we flow, and that's why I left you to keep talking, you know. The free flow is the best. It's like a river, you know. I just remembered. It was the hope thing. It was the hope thing. So what gives me hope is I see people, you know, people that I coach, but also people who buy my book and do the work on their own, share these amazing stories with me. And I need that because I'm very, very sensitive to the pain in the world. I didn't get a money monster for nothing. And sometimes, sometimes the news is so dramatic that I just need to slay a new money monster. And then I have an even better money, honey relationship on the other side. And even today, even today, when I do that, it's like within 24 hours, 
I have new clients. It's kind of blows my mind. Okay. Morgana, what would you tell people like in relationship, they think they are not worthy of it. Same mm. is with money. Many people think, oh, I'm not worthy of so much of money at all. Uh, and oh. even they may be the most skilled people, most talented people. How do you deal with them? What do you tell them? What would you tell people like that in my audience? Use it. Use it. That is your monster speaking. And how good for you that it is so easy to access. The hardest thing in the world is for, for me as the coach is getting the client to the biggest, baddest monster possible, something completely worth eliminating. So if, if you have those feelings of unworthiness, you are already almost there. In my, I didn't tell my story. I'll try to tell the really short version. This was 20 years ago. I had already been coaching for a number of years. I had a bunch of movie star clients who, by the way, were not movie stars when they began. I had all these actors, writers, and producers, and they were getting primetime TV series and movie deals and selling films and winning awards within weeks when I worked with them. So I was getting this really magical reputation and I couldn't charge. Remember that choking thing. I would get so freaked out. People would want to hire me and I would talk them out of hiring me without knowing I was doing it. I was just weird. I had like this powerful energy of like money repulsion that was actually pushing people away. So I would take classes. I would take classes on marketing. I would hire coaches. I would take classes on sales. And I was such a good student. I took this class on overcoming sales objections and I aced it. And seven people in a row, they would come and they would tell me, oh, I want to hire you, but I can't because, and I would use the magic words and I would talk them into hiring me, right? Great. And seven people in a row, those people didn't show up, didn't pay me which is why I don't believe in those classes or, you know, take them. But my results don't come from me doing the perfect thing, which is so annoying because it's so much easier to do the perfect thing. <laughs> but what happened is after that seventh person stood me up and I had been taking all these classes and I had the marketing and I had the website and I had the tagline and I had the logo and I had mountains of testimonials and celebrities and all that kind of stuff. And I was living in Los Angeles making $100 a month. In, and you may not know what that means here, but that is, I live in one of the most expensive cities in the world that doesn't even pay your cable bill, like doesn't go near rent or food or anything. I was, it really just, nothing I did mattered. And after that last person didn't show up, I gave up on life. I took it so hard. I freaked out. I just, I felt so angry, so angry. All, every person would say, take this class, do this thing, and this will be the result. And I, and I felt like such a failure and I felt lied to, and I felt like the universe hated me and I hated the universe back and I did not want to be alive anymore. I didn't know how I was going to make a living. I knew what I was here to do. I knew what I was good at. And it didn't matter because I couldn't make a living at it. And I didn't want to play. I did not want to play ball. I didn't want to play this game with such a mean universe. And I screamed. 
I just laid down on my bed and I screamed and I cried. My heart was broken. And I felt so angry and so hurt and so hopeless. And that was the place I was in. I had inherited all of my family's drama, betrayals, broken hearts and failures with money and business, things that had broken up my family for generations. I had inherited all of that. And I just couldn't go on because I couldn't do anything to fix it. And that was the state that I was in when I had my phone call with my coach. And he had been trying to help me for months and I would do everything he said and nothing worked. And he didn't know why. But this day when I was in such a despair and so hopeless and I gave up because I had tried everything, every practical thing, every spiritual thing, because we have lots of that in Los Angeles and none of it worked. And I had, I had like no more hope, no more oxygen for it. And his response was weird because he asked me this bizarre question. Who knows where it came from, but he asked me this bizarre question that changed my life. And he said to me, Morgana, if your money was a person, who would your money be? And because I was in so much pain, it was like my brain didn't even have time to operate. That monster just showed up before I could get all brainy, intelligent, and analytical, which is where I usually hang out. I couldn't figure it out. He was just there in my mind's eye, in my line of vision. I saw this big, scary, dirty, white supremacist biker dude, bald with the, the sideburns and the tattoos and the tank top and the dirty jeans. And he was just terrifying. He was violent. He was evil. He was dangerous. He wanted to hurt me and I could feel all of it. And I never, ever knew that I felt that way about money until it was a person in front of me, imaginary, but real as anything. I could feel how dangerous he was. And suddenly it was like the light bulb went on. No wonder no wonder I don't have it in my life. It wants to kill me. And I had this moment of thinking, just seeing myself as if I were at a live event and I would have my eye on him constantly to keep maximum distance between us. And so all those years that I was spending money, flying out of town, getting, taking classes, earning coaching certification after certification. I, oh my God, I have so many certifications. I'm a master practitioner and trainer of NLP. So what, right? If I had to protect myself from money and create maximum distance, there was no way that I could have money in my life. If it was this guy, there was no way I could have money in my life. I had to get rid of him. We had to split. He had to be gone. And when he was gone, I felt the vacuum. I never knew he was there. And suddenly when he's gone, it was like this empty space that he had filled my whole life so that it's almost like a fish being in water. You don't know that the water is there until it's gone. So I had this empty space. And my next thought was, oh my God, I need to fill this space before he comes back. 
I need to have a relationship with money. I live in Los Angeles, right? Who could I have a relationship with who I would want so much, who would be just so loving and so safe and so worthy of love and so desirable to me? Who could I want so much that I'd be willing to have this person in my life, even if it's money? Like I could overlook the money piece if the person was that great. And I asked myself that question, who could I want so much? And obviously I'm a romantic fool, which helps because a romantic partner really, really makes this work better. Um, back in the day when I first started trying it out with clients, clients were having like dogs and cats and horses and all sorts of weird stuff be their money, honey, and they weren't making any money. So quick note, cats don't know anything about money. They are, you know, don't make them your money, honey, and don't get that intimate with them either. It's just not right. And I'm a, and I'm a cat person who says that. So, so I asked myself that question and immediately because my experience of the monster was so real and so powerful. And my experience of his absence was so real and so powerful. That's what's necessary for the new person to feel so real and so powerful. It, you can't skip any of this. So when I asked myself that question, I saw this tall, dark, handsome, romantic, clean cut, really safe, just beautiful man who was in love with me and wanted to woo me. And he was wearing a tuxedo and a bouquet of red flowers. Like where this came from, I don't know, my subconscious, which is, by the way, exactly where we want to be speaking. We want to be relating to your subconscious because that's where all of your beliefs and attitudes and actions and results come from. The conscious mind is just like the tip of the iceberg. A coach friend of mine likes to say, who decides where the ship goes, the captain or the crew? And the correct answer is the crew. If the captain can't convince the crew, then the captain has no say. The crew operates the machinery. It's all below deck. So the subconscious is your crew and you can be yelling at it all day, but the crew is going to do what it thinks is right for you, even if it's not what you consciously want. So Making money a person is our way of having a conversation with the subconscious so we can actually reprogram your unconscious beliefs and attitudes and rewire your brain response to something that has triggered you for so long. So instead of the scary, mean, violent, terrifying monster, I've got this handsome, sweet, loving, safe, gorgeous guy who's in love with me and wants to be with me and wants to woo me totally different experience. And I wanted him. By the way, I had a boyfriend who I was crazy in love with too. My boyfriend had a body, the money honey doesn't. So you can't cheat on your real human person with your imaginary friend because your imaginary friend doesn't have a body. I only say that because every single time I do this with a client who has, who's married or in a relationship, it comes up, which is fine. Like they feel like they're cheating. You're not. You're not. You're doing great. So I had this beautiful, handsome sweetie. That's step four. Step five is I had that conversation that I've already shared with you. What do you need from me to stay with me? Step six was, okay, what action am I going to take to prove this relationship has changed and I'm committed? And the commitment I made was when he brought me new clients, I would say thank you. 
energetically. When somebody asks me what I charge, I say, this is my fee with that energy of, and isn't he beautiful? So the six steps, because I tell stories and I go all over the place because the steps don't mean anything without the stories behind them. Step one is you uncover the root cause. And we've gone over that. You uncover the root cause. The root cause is always about love, worth, safety, and power. Then you personify the root cause as your money monster who's all bad, all evil, no good, not you, not your parents, because in step three, you are going to destroy it, annihilate it, and you're not going to destroy yourself or your parents. Step four, trying to keep my fingers on the screen for people watching on the video. Step four is now you meet your money, honey, who really is love. But we call him or her or them money because money is that area of life that needs our love and healing for us, for the planet, for everybody. Step five, five fingers, is now you have a conversation with your money, honey. And step six is you take concrete, measurable action, the kind of thing that if I called you next week, I could say, did you do it? And you could tell me. And this is important because when you talk to your money, honey, and if you, especially if you ask, and this is the best first question, what do you need from me so you can stay with me since I have the body and all the power here? What do you need me to do to allow you to be with me the way you want me to or the way you want to be with me? Right. Typically, you're going to get answers like, I need you to love yourself. I need you to relax. Never tell a woman to relax. It's like the worst thing you can tell us. I need you to trust me. So it's going to be really big, vague things like that. Things that are aspirational, really good advice, and impossible to execute perfectly for the rest of your life. So we want to shrink it down into something that you can actually do and win at, which is a concrete, measurable, physical action. Also, all of this is so kind of etheric. You know, it's all in your mind and in your heart. And it's, if you want physical, real world, touchable results, you need to take physical, real world action. It's like bringing the... ether into matter. It makes it more real. It also teaches you that you are trustworthy because you keep your word. It gives you something that you commit to doing that you can do and that you will do. And very often I've seen clients make the commitment and they don't do it and nothing happens. And then they actually do it. Even if it seems ridiculous and has nothing to do with money, like going skating or doing laundry or taking a walk, but it's over and over and over again. I have these client examples of when they did the action, boom, boom. That's when thousands and tens of thousands of dollars happened. So waiting is one of the most awful, painful things we do as human beings. It's part of life. And the more we can get into action, the better we feel. So let's take the easy way out. Step number six is take concrete measurable action. You work it out 
have a conversation with your money, honey. And the thing that makes your money, honey, light up and go, yes, that's the thing. That's what you do. And by the way, when you do this, you must, must, must. If something interesting happens, you must shoot me a message because I love this stuff. Go to MorganaRay.com. It's my name, one word, dot com. It's easy. You can right. go to success stories and just see dozens and dozens and dozens of stories. And a lot of these people are just like you and they just heard me speak somewhere. Let me know. That's why I'm on a Tuesday night not snuggling with my husband and talking to you here because I love to get your success stories after you do this process. I'll put, put your information also on the YouTube description so that people can directly, you know, approach you. And, you know, you have spoken your life story, your, you know, the way you teach your six pointers, all those tips and all it speaks, uh, you know, it gives them so much of uh, information to the audience and, Everything is so uh, easy to understand. But then having said that, uh, you, can't, you can have only as much in one particular podcast episode. There is so much to learn and, and people will certainly like to reach out to you uh, to get directly direct help from you. And I'll put all your information in that. Thank you. Uh, in the YouTube description. And I look forward to, you know, talking to you more, Morgana. There is... There are so many things I would uh, like to understand about your understanding of Indian spirituality, the way you see it, you know about so many gods and goddesses, and you invoke examples out of, out of them, believe in the universe. You talk about alchemy and, you know, talk about your book, uh, the financial, uh, financial alchemy. You know, so much is there that uh, I, I'm tempted to, um, not make it this the last time. This is just the beginning and you would be one of my favorite guests Thank going you. forward. Yeah, I'm trying to squeeze 20 years into one hour. <laughs> and you can't do that. And I That's also know that I threw so much at you that if you are able to take away 5% of what I actually taught, you're doing really well. So I would just say be kind to yourself. And go to my website, lots of resources there, free, and also my book, which guides you through it step by step and then carries you on for a year. But just know that you don't have to get it in this hour. You can come back, watch the show again. Uh, I have hundreds of articles and videos and answer questions and stuff on my website. Get on my mailing list. I answer questions there, too. And at the end of the day, if you, if you want more, my job as a coach is I can and will take you farther than you can take yourself because I can do it safely and because I know what you don't know and what you don't know you don't know. But I did try to give you as much as I can in the time we have because I really, really want you to have a breakthrough. Thank you. Thank you, Morgana so much with this it's a wrap on this edition of the kj masterclass live thank you so much once again